An Australia without rugby league is not Australia. our society from hundreds of years. It's people's escape, it's people's relaxation and we need to do everything in order to continue that great uh, tradition of rugby league. It has been those Australians who have worked hard every day. They have their dreams, they have their aspirations. Dead set, Chris. I am confused. Are we fired up or are we, are we relaxed? Are we quiet? Are we loud? It's that, that's sending mixed messages, that intro. It does my head in every time. What do you make of that? I haven't got a really direct answer on that. I just feel that we're fired up on behalf of the quiet Australians ah. who can't allow themselves they to get fired up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we ready to go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are we ready to go? Is there ice creams? Is there free ice cream? Oh, come get some. <laughs> Honk, get if you're fired up, of course, was the Obama variation in uh, 2020 that got Biden over the line. I think if people weren't honking, we'd be dealing with four more years of Trump. But there's plenty of tooting going on the Gold Coast, Chris. <laughs> no, Dennis. <laughs> I mean, it just goes with the territory, doesn't it? Cocaine, it's... Gold Coast. Cocaine, Gold Coast. They go together. There's nothing, go together. Well, there's, there's nothing like, else to do up there. Something in a feather, peas in a... <laughs> the glitter strip. You actually went up to the Gold Coast for like the first time in decades. Cream, like the well, coach and the go. It was a fire-up uh, mission. You yes. know, to go and sort of uncover the, uh, the the rivers of coke, so to speak, you know. We're doing like a Louis Theroux type I thing. I found nothing, Chris. <laughs> Nobody was selling on the corners or giving away nothing. Well, I think it's a little bit different these days, the... But I was looking for the white shoes, you know, because I believe they hold the cocaine in the heel of the white shoes, you know. Or was that way back in the day in the 80s? No, look, uh, I think it's part of the contract clause and, and Michael Gordon was was an unwilling participant in this nonsense, apparently. Not What's fl- he been charged with? Not Flash Gordon, surely not. I no. mean, one of the perennial good guys in rugby league and assistance tit- assistant Titans coach has been received with two counts of possession, two counts of supply. Allegations that he's a minor figure in a cocaine ring, Stephen. And they are allegations, I hasten to point out. Yes, you said um, assistant and then minor. Uh, he probably had plenty of time on his hands. Well, yeah. <laughs> Dennis, I mean, how, how involved would coaching the Titans be? Well, at the moment, it's not quite in pre-season. There's no bubble. There's no. I think right now there'll be nothing. No, right. Absolutely nothing. So you've got to do something to fill your time. Well, so it's either go to bingo at the RSL. That's right. Uh, on the Gold Coast yeah. or spend all your time on the beach. Go up to Q1, have a look. Go, yeah, go, go, boat. go to the monorail. The monorail. That's right, the new monorail. It's not a monorail, is it? It's a monorail. Oh, no, the, the old, there's a monorail to the casino. Is there a meter maid too? Oh, there's plenty of meter maids. <laughs> and they're just going around. I, I, I was up there in January. And oh. yeah, I went up with two mates, you know, just, you know, a bit of a boys break. Oh, hello. Yeah. And can I say. Is this where you got sick? Yeah. Here's an original insight. I found a joint a bit soulless, but no, <laughs> I, I, I felt really, really crook. And it turns out I had a, the devil, Chris. It t- turns out I had a blood infection. It was actually, I thought it was the two guys, like, you know, yeah. my mates Pete and JR yeah. were just really making me feel ill. But so I've got mixed feelings about the Gold Coast because I found it a place of allure and romance when I was a child. You think it's all service and no substance, Chris? Uh, yeah, I think would they haven't got that, the balance yeah. right yet. And would you also say it's the home of like wildlife and banging, banging tunes? <laughs> well, <laughs> and therefore maybe methamphetamine might be more, more or, or just a Red Bull and vodka. Can I just say how good country. are the how good are the Stafford brothers? Just how good are the Stafford <laughs> brothers? Uh, it does breed a lot of good punk, though. It, well, yeah, and also, is it true? 
that it's part of the job description, assistant Titans yeah. coaches. You've got to sort of be a minor part of a, of a driving. Ring. A ring. Yeah, I, I went through the Is contract. it only the Titans? <laughs> I think it probably would be. Well, the Titans the, are the, the front runners. Yeah. Yeah, so it's Clause 27B, I looked it up. Uh-huh. Uh, you have to have some involvement in a, an illicit ring of... <laughs> and and uh, what, what worries me is this is going to derail the Titans' tilt because Yet obviously again. Mal's arrived. Yeah. Uh, he's got David Fafita coming down the road yeah. from Bro- uh, Brisbane. Oh. He's got Big Tino. Fasul Malawi. Thank you. Thank Christ for you, Dennis. But coming <laughs> up the road from Melbourne... <laughs> And I hate to see, and they've lost Keegan Hipgrave, which can only be a good thing. Keegan Hipgrave is the loosest of loose cannons. Does he have the moustache? Keegan Hipgrave. That sounds painful. Yeah, he's going to Parramatta with Bryce Cartwright, who the Titans have lost as well. So you would have thought they were clearing the decks in one way. You'd hate to think with all that good news, this is going to derail their 2021 tilt. Yeah. Look, there's always seems to be a lot of desk. Did you say desk or deck clearing? Deck. deck. Deck clearing, okay. Clearing the deck chairs. Yes. Yeah, so Rearranging the them on the Titanic. Gee, boy. You don't know who your own team is anymore, do you? I tell you what, though. You guys sort of both work for the government, right? <laughs> so for me, you know, private sector, we clear the decks. You guys would be clearing decks, yes, wouldn't yeah. you? That'd be right. <laughs> yeah. How's, yeah. The, how's the risk assessments going, Dennis? Well, Any comment? You guys are sitting a bit close together. Is right that right? Now. I'm a bit worried about that. <laughs> common sense, Dennis. Yep. Oh, no, no, no. No, we don't like that. We don't like common like sense. <laughs> we, are, we are in hot desk situation at the moment, meaning you don't own a desk anymore. You just turn up and you may have to go anywhere. You know, you know what? That's not COVID compliant. Is it? Oh, God, no. We are the government. That's ridiculous. What do you it, mean? Well, you're touching somebody else's dirty desk. If you're constantly going desk to desk to desk shuffling, you're just spreading germs. Like Louis the fly, right? My, it's my, a bugger COVID. You're giving people the flu. You're giving them dysentery and diarrhea. No, no. Get rid of it. So, give them a desk. This is one of my. This is one of my pet topics, Ryan. So when they introduced hot desking, they didn't want to use that term. So they came up with activity-based working. Oh. Right? <laughs> and it's essentially a real estate play that on the assumption that a percentage of your workforce pre-pandemic are actually out doing something, seeing clients, you know, ill, holidays, whatever. <laughs> a presumption that yeah. some of your people are why, working. Why pay for real estate that's not going to be used? So therefore, if you... Had, so let's say 25% of the workforce is away at any one time. Yeah. You don't need 100% accommodated at any time. You only have to accommodate 75%, yeah. hence hot desking. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe under the pandemic, it's now completely illegal. And so this is why these major corporations are all of a sudden encouraging everyone to work from home. And, uh, you know, the economy's gone as a result of that, I think. Well, I mean, the occupancy rate in the city is pretty poor at the moment. They must be losing money hand over fist. Well, Gladys is trying to encourage people to come back to the CBD because, let's face it, it's a wasteland. And she's prepared to break her own rules in order to do that. And I admire Repeat it. it. Is this, you're talking about the pork barreling or something? Which rules is she breaking now? But then you hear them say that she needs a holiday. Yeah. She's getting a bit stressed and showing. A bit towy. A bit towy at the gate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say I'm the only one in the city. She needs to go to the Gold Coast. That loves. <laughs> Let it all hang out. Yes, indeed. What's the, what do they call here again? Hot what? Desk. Hot mess, hot mess, Gladys. Hot mess, Gladys needs to get out the goalie. Key <laughs> <laughs> up with a ring. <laughs> well, I mean, the solution to all this after the Maguire affair, the pork barreling, the yeah. uh, the incorrect COVID procedures, mm. is she's doing a photo shoot in Vogue. I mean, uh, who would have thought at the beginning of the year that would be the uh, outcome of 2020? What is she again, Macedonian? I know, uh, Armenian. 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 Yeah, she said like the Kardashians, she loves fashion. She she she's got a great great collection of shoes. She, she has. <laughs> she does. Like Imelda Marcos. <laughs> what was she said? She she watches Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but what was the thing that she didn't know about? It was some. It actually was some drug reference. Was it the uh, the Brazilian butt lift? No, they no. Like, no. 
there, were, there, were, there was some practice that she was completely ignorant of. Well, that'd be it. <laughs> they take the fat from somewhere else and just put it in your bottom, Chris, to give you a lift. True. Wow. I know. A, where do you get this done? Plastic <laughs> surgeons, Dennis. What was the place called? You've got a very good bottom. You don't need a... Can I just say, I think I'm the only one who absolutely adores that new building down at Barangaroo, the Crown Casino. Oh, the, if it's the, going to... the, giant, the giant, shiny cock. Well, I, I, ref, I refuse to go anywhere near Packer's penis. But Dennis. if you, come on. But you like you... the building. I think it looks like a sardine at sunset. So this is because. And you look at the average shitty buildings in the city, this one stands out. But better, where you it? live, where you live, you don't see the correct angle. As you're driving across, you know how there's the, oh, there's the, the north, side of the, north side of the harbour? Yeah. As you're coming across from the north side, yep. you've got. Observatory Hill, yep. with the, the wonderful Moreton Bay figs that were planted around the you, early you 1900s. You waxed lyrical, I can hear it. <laughs> and you see this enormous <laughs> erection yes, coming yes, up through yes, the trees. Yes. You see the little bulbous part underneath, the <laughs> testicles and the scrotum, and there's this lovely bush formed by, there's the, 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 the crowning <laughs> bush formed by the Moreton Bay figs, and it is, it is quite magnificent. You've thought about this or just I have, it's, traffic? It's just, it, you can't miss it. I'm, I'm, with, you, I'm with you, slaps Stephen. you in the face. I mean, it's a CBD for Christ's sake. And by the way, Riffin Patch just reminded me, it's, uh, she was on Kyle and Jackie O and Gladys was unaware uh, what WAP was, as in the Cardi B and Megan the Stallion song. Sorry. She didn't know what it was an acronym for. Right. Yeah. Would you mind repeating it now for Wireless yeah. access process? Wireless access protocol. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's exactly as I understand it. But, I mean, th- and, and, I mean this is an ongoing debate. Did you to find out what WAP means? Did you read Dominic, <laughs> did you read Dominic Perrottet's comedy piece in The Herald this week? Because, you know, he... He, he waded into the White Bay Power Station. Where was his tongue, Chris? <laughs> right up his WAP. Um, uh, <laughs> the iconic Billings Eyed Bulldoze by Treasurer Dominic Perrottet uh, with a little bit of mirth thrown in. Right, so the backstory of this, of course, is that they uh, did one of the, Don't you hate those government shoots where they stand outside a landmark and go, right, we want to get rid of this. Yeah. Now, White Bay Power Station to me screams uh, US Forces Midnight Oil, right? Oh, yeah. The film clip, right? <laughs> So don't touch it for a start. You're a Balmain boy who never cried. Never. Never. And, of course, Peritet uh, humorously referred to it as the rave cave. Yes. I've been, I've been to a former power station that's turned rave. into a nightclub. Have you? Yes. Yeah. It's called the Bacane in, uh, in Germany. Right, but not the power station in Sydney. No. No, I did a launch there for the, uh, what's it called, the fame, something in the Furious, the car films? Oh, fa- Fast. Fast and Furious. <laughs> Fast and, yeah, Fast and Furious. I did the launch for the very first one there, and it was bird poop and it was a cave. Sure. Yeah, and it's got history. That could be a good podcast, The Ferris and the Furious. Um, <laughs> uh, but, You're the Furious? Yeah, but, but Peritet says, oh, let me have a crack at the rest of Sydney. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's a bit of a comedy guy, isn't he? Well, he doesn't like uh, socialist, brutalist, or I think probably uh, communist architecture in style. Well, he is a liberal. Yeah, so, uh, for example, he points out that brutal is not referring to the, the brutal nature of the issue. It's referring to the use of concrete. And he goes, like, that makes a difference. Yeah. So he's after not only serious, yeah. uh, he's also after the UTS uh, tower up at Broadway. You, one could argue that the Opera House is made of concrete. I'd knock that down tomorrow. <laughs> like, seriously, the way that they're trying to turn our sporting clubs into revenue sources, I mean, the Swans, uh, it's a game called... Who are they? Australian Rules. Swans don't, have announced their new don't, logo. Don't they, worry about it. They've assumed the Opera House. Now it's just a big... They don't, they don't want to pay. It's just a big ang- angry swan's head. You know? Oh, so they haven't gone for a giant silver erection with, with Bush. <laughs> there you go, Dennis. That would be a great logo. He did go number one Blues Point Tower. 
I think that's unanimous, isn't it? Yeah, it is. A, that's a cheap shot. It's easy. Oh, you know, I've, did, I've stayed in Blues Point Tower, one of the okay. band trips to Sydney. We stayed there, and it's it's actually right in the middle of the Harbour Bridge. It's directly perpendicular from yeah. the centre of the Harbour Bridge. Yeah. It's blasphemy. Were you <laughs> in a Blues Bridge? Sidler, right? It wasn't a Blues Bridge. It was, it was one yeah, of Sidler's yeah. great. But you know what Sidler's vision was? Yeah. A yes, whole line of things on all Blues the points. points. Yeah, and oh, what, what? so he was wanting to put these towers yeah. on all the points, on all the points along the Parramatta just River. Just like that one. Yeah, just line of sight. And I mean, can you imagine the sort of the Hong Kong fireworks laser thing we'd be able to yeah, do that's now? Brutalist, Chris. That would have been great. <laughs> and then the whole thing just zeroes in on Sirius, hits the Opera House, and then it just blows up. Wow! Blow the Opera House. There you go. And, and the thing about Sirius is, if you if you go to what I would call Whitlam-esque buildings, you know, like <laughs> the one at the very front of Oxford Street that uh, houses some anonymous government body, and it's all like pebble creed, and the windows are like this big. It's like oh, a, down at Whitlam Square. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now Sirius. You can see from one side right through to the other. I mean, it's it's basically boxes with windows. It's, quite it's a, little boxes on the hillside, little boxes made of tiki-taki. Imagine if they had a lick of paint, how good they were. They're all made out of tiki-taki and they all look just the same. I know. It's uh, beautiful. It's <laughs> <Tiki-taki>. wonderful. <laughs> so, let's move on, shall we? Let's move on to art, can we? Yes, please. Congratulations to Brett Wiley. Come on down. What happened to Brett Wiley? Uh, the highest sale for a painting in Australia ever. Is, it, is that right? Yeah, 6.1 oh, million. Just congratulating Brett White. He's, he's done some great work with the Raiders as well. Is he a Melbourne player? He's a, he's a Coomer boy. Coomer Stallions. Was it Brett Wiley who knocked he's... out Steve Price? Yes, yes, yeah. it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, well, and Brett Wiley was and that's what good... that's what Wiley painted, right? He was a good halfback and a good cricketer. <laughs> was he? <laughs> he was thrown out of uh, Scots. Really? Yeah. Brett White or Brett Wiley? Wiley. Pitching painting goods, I think. Because he's is he the one? Is it Milson's Point? Lavender Bay? Bay yeah. That's that's his. Dennis, yes. Brett Wiley. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He had a haircut yeah, yeah. like Brad Mackay played for the Dragons. <laughs> and he did too, did he? The little kills. Yeah, and, and what was the painting of? Alchemy by Brothers in Arms. It was, was another one? one of the Lavender Bay motifs of uh-huh. the harbour, etc. But he was, uh, well, you know, he was, he was, he was a you know, bad boy for rock and roll, drugs and sex, etc. And he had paraphernalia in the painting, which are a matchbox and something else in there, that the gallery who had agreed to purchase it said, you need to paint over that. We don't want drug paraphernalia in was a this, painting. Was this when Gladys was on the committee? <laughs> was on the I board? Mean, really? <laughs> the art gallery telling a painter? That we love your work, but just take that out. And he got the shits, of course, and was stomping right. around his uh, studio. And Clive Everett QC had just been at the races and won big and decided to call in on Whiteley back in the day, uh, 1980, before the Archibald win. What's the matter, mate? What's going on, apparently? And he said, bastards at the gallery want me to paint. He says, well, I'll, I'll buy it. He says, well, you need a boot full of cash. He said, come with me. <laughs> and he, he literally opened up his boot. And isn't that a Sydney story? Boot full of cash. He said, oh. here it is. And he bought it, and he bought. I, he didn't say the price then, but it's off for six point one million because he had it in his home for that many years. Is Luna Park in the painting? No. You see, Luna Park's putting in a big dipper again. Yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah, a quite big dipper. Yeah, it's a quite big dipper. Yeah. Seven seats, yeah. single file. Lower. Yeah, very sensitive to the <laughs> sensitive. environment. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I hate Lavender Bay residents and, and all them? those people. Yeah. Particularly when they built them, it was yeah, wasn't it? Long before the residents oh. had their towers there. Yeah, yeah. And no, who, that was who, a who was the ex wife? Was the Sider's wife complaining? She lives there. Oh. I mean, really? Rose. Yes, good good call. Surely not. Surely not. Maybe but somebody else. I, I know nothing about art, fact. But I did... You know re- what you like. Yeah. But you well, love no, run- I don't. But you love fire up. <laughs> I, I actually don't. Like, for, exa- <laughs> for example, I was going to the Louvre with my friend Robert on, to see... Put the on the end of it. And we, and we get to the call Louvre. It. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we arrive, and there's an enormous queue to get in, right? Yeah. And Michael... And we're in Paris in 1988. <laughs> and Michael Jackson's Moonwalker was showing. Oh. And we go... 
let's be honest. Q? Moonwalk will have a limited run. Yeah. The Mona Lisa will always be there. Yes. So we went and saw Moonwalker instead. Yeah. I went to the Hermitage, the greatest repository of art Hermitage. in the world. The Hermitage. And what was that? What was the name of that uh, single shot camera that went through it? It's great arc something or other something arc or something is about you know okay. the camera just wa- wanders in one shot all the way through the hermitage okay we got a headache like <laughs> after yeah. half an hour right but there was an article on the sp- in the spectrum a couple of weeks about about the relationship between tim olsen and john olsen yeah. you know and i kind of knew tim from university days yeah. that art world is pretty bohemian so yeah. you, knew, you knew tim <laughs> did john grow up in the same street as you no no okay but but like you know, there used that, to be like they were tied with the Paddington Push, and they were tied with all those uh, Paddington ren- Push. Paddington, yeah, the renegade. Well, they're just basically drinkers, you know, drinkers and artists and, and collectors and poets and bullshit artists. You know? Yeah, and they all coalesced. You know, Jermaine Greer and Barry Humphries, etc. Clifton uh, Pugh on their way fe- to London, featured yeah. heavily. Featured heavily. Yeah. What's happened to it? Well, exactly. Where, where, where is art? Why is there no art anymore? Oh no, no. Just, when the Sydney Modern opens up and the museums open up this week, there's a lot of. Is there art? The, ah, yes. I know Rocco Fazzari is still painting. Yeah. Go, Rocco. <laughs> but, okay, let's, this is the end of the year. We love to have lists and winners. Lists yes. and winners. Uh, your favourite painting or painter? <laughs> um, think, think music. Okay. My favourite artist is definitely Martin Sharp. Ah, very good. And very good. I actually just recently bought his biography that's been written. Yes, because I that. what I love about Martin, apart from the social history and his involvement, you know, with Oz and all those sorts of things, is he had these very, very distinct passions. And I connected two key ones. One is Luna Park. Yeah. That was just an enormously influential place on me as a kid. Was Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. <laughs> and I actually went to Tiny Tim's sixtieth birthday party where he performed at the Paddington RSL. Right. What a great venue. It was amazing. Well, you know, but the first bit of live music I saw post-pandemic was at the Paddington RSL 7. Can't for the life of me remember who it was. Did it sell out? (laughs) Was it a sellout? That's the question. Well, I, you know, uh, they're all saying, and it's a sellout. Well, yeah. (laughs) Because it's a quarter capacity. (laughs) No, it was Dennis and he was very good. Oh, there we go. Very good. And I introduced myself to Martin and thanked him and I shook Tiny Tim's hand and Her Majesty's played as the support band with Denny Burgess and his yeah, brother. Yeah. And Tiny Tim is one of my favourite subjects. And so Martin Sharp, yeah. to me, not only had the great vision, he like did he's, the cover he's of... He's our Dis- pop artist, isn't he? Well, Disraeli Gears, he did the cover of the Cream the album, that, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But also there was an aesthetic and the Yellow House and all that. And yeah. I, I kind of do wonder whether that stuff isn't I've around anymore. I've got a limited anymore. edition 7-inch of him singing the song for Luna Park. Yes, I've got that as well. I've got that as well, yeah. Has it got Highway to Hell on the B-side? No. Right. Oh, the, the Luna Park song. Yeah. So I would have that and I've probably got Highway as Hell. I'm not sure what's on the B-side. I'm going to dig it out. And I also have the album he made in 1979 with Nathan Wax from the ABC Orchestra. Yeah. He recorded in Sydney yeah. and it's called The Pretender, is it? Uh uh, I don't know. But it's it's basically because Tiny Tim on command could sing more than 800 popular songs. Yes. Well, I saw the show at Luna Park where he broke the world record. The right. Book of yeah, the non-stop yeah, singing, non-stop, right? Yeah. Uh, and I have that on cassette. And, and, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do him, can I? And, and it starts with, it's like a history of modern song. It starts with Buddy Can You Spare a Dime and finishes with Staying Alive. Staying alive yeah. Just tremendous. Yeah. But what year was that he did that? I thought it was 79 he recorded that. There you go, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say with art. Might be a bit later. Yeah, yes, please. The, the, the real judgment is, what do I own? What do I own? That, that, and that shows that 
So there's, yeah. I grew up, for years I had a, a big mounted photo by Henri Cartier-Bresson. Oh, yes. Okay, it's a photograph, so it's not a painted art. But, um, but I, I love his work, love yes. the geometry of his work, the contrast. And the contrast, p- that particular beautiful. picture of these three boys sitting around an old stone building window. Beautiful. Just, oh, yeah. it's, it's it, summer. It just said summer. Was, Laconic joys of youth yes. is what it had. Yes. And then the, there's an artist I have three paintings by. Uh, named Anthony Griffiths, actually, who hopefully we'll get in this show at some point. Right. He's, just a, he's a, a, a local artist and he oh, um, okay. he went through the, – the, the art. The ones I have are more of his abstract. I didn't go through his um, – the fruit period, the real life period, the mm. vagina period. I didn't buy any of his work the in that. Jared Hain period. <laughs> Steady. <laughs> he was painting rather than biting. Right. Um, but, yeah, Allegedly. I work. I have, Allegedly. I have some frame Roger Dean prints, but given my passion for progressive rock, you'd be unsurprised to hear that. Right. Who, who did all the covers for Yes? Roger Dean. What about you, Stephen? Uh, look, I like the German expressionists, mm-hmm. um, and they're not all German. Bauhaus. <laughs> uh, Klimt. I like Gustav Klimt. Oh, yeah. Egon Schiel. Yes. Ah, I yeah, but right. I do like the Aussies. I like Brett, love Brett Wiley, and I, and I had dinner with Brett Wiley accidentally one night. Did you grow up in the same street as Brett Knightley? No, no, no. I just happened to go to a Japanese restaurant in North Sydney and we were sit- situated, seated at a U-shaped table. They said, hope you don't mind, you two, but you have to join together because I had my date with me. And, and it was Brett Whiteley celebrating um, a, a sculptor called Joel Ellenberg who was dying of cancer. And if you go down to Lavender Bay, you can see his <laughs> objects down there in the park there. Uh, so they wanted to celebrate his life while he was still alive. So we plenty of sake, plenty of sake. Before you knew it, we went to a nightclub in North Sydney. And uh, then he hit on my when, girlfriend. When did that happen? <laughs> Two questions. That nightclub in North Sydney was called... I don't know. It's sort of... Downstairs. Not the one where you sort of just near the expressway. Not the one that back in the 90s, no. No, right. No, way before that. Oh, okay, this is, 70s oh, this is pre my... Yeah. <laughs> and more importantly, who was your date? Um, Giuseppe. Uh, what was her first name? Um, Sarah. Sarah Giuseppe. She looked like Lady Di. Shout out to Sarah. <laughs> Giuseppe, how are you? Hi, Sarah. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> and Brett Wiley hit on it because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, she looked like Lady Di. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was reflecting on that night. There's a nightclub. I think it was Percy's in North Sydney. Percy's? It, <laughs> this is but, the pub. No, Percy's okay, is the well, pub. No, no, it wasn't Percy's. No, this it wasn't like Percy's. This like a wine bar with a dance floor, I think. This, this place, we, my band played there. and they Stone had, Crow, maybe? You know, Pickle Parrot? That was, that's in Crow's Nest. Yeah, There's a, the Fag and Ramish. This is right down in the heart of the CBD. <laughs> but this, this nightclub, it used to have these beer coasters where if you were out to find some a, a date, some yeah. fun, They'd, on one side, it just had you know branding and had the nightclub's name. On the other side, it had there were six of them, women in varying stages of undress. And if you're really keen, you just leave your coaster that way up. And if you're you know, interested in meeting someone, maybe see where it goes. Coaster one, she'd just be sitting there with a you know a skimpy looking top and a smile. Coaster two, this top was off. <laughs> the coaster but, two, and but, so you could you could express say, yourself. Messages for all of you, but not that bloke over there, the fat guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> much. I miss nightclubs. Yeah. I think we should have a break. Why not? Okay, back in a minute. Uh, we're not so quiet. We're chatty. We're loud. Now Kennedy, the Ferris, the step, the sprint, the try. Great stuff from the Sharks, and well done, young Ferris. Grabs a try. <laughs> Stephen Ferris kicked a field goal, missed, hit the post, came back. I grabbed it, I ran over, and I scored after the 80th minute. Did you see that? And you've just gotten back. You might, you've been jet lagged. The, yeah. the, the, the internet has blown up the lux about that game, the Super League Grand Final, Wigan versus Helens. James Graham's gone out a winner. Yeah. And <laughs> no, no greater a luminary than 
Stephen Mascord has yeah. described it as potentially the greatest game of rugby league he's ever seen. It can't have been as good as that uh, great win of Melbourne over Penrith. That's right. Can't have possibly been That's such a high bar in that one. Or oh, <laughs> 2019, the Raiders. Can't they nil down against the Storm. I want to speak to Stephen Ferris. Stephen Ferris. Stephen Mascord <laughs> about that game. And was the ending the crucial part? It was I actually four just all. worked on it. It was four. Did you? I just came from working on it, yeah. And? Oh, that's um, what we couldn't record this morning. Greatest game you've ever seen? Record, yeah. No. This is Red Fern Pat for Absolutely those. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Red Fern was, Pat has grabbed the mic. Um, there, was, there was one try before that try off the field goal. Yeah. It was real. Wigan were just terrible. They bombed like no good. And the guy who, the, when the ball was going, so... Who so was now, that Wigan fullback, by the way? Do you know who it was? It wasn't. It wasn't Christian Anu, was it? It was Bevan French. Bevan French. <laughs> it was Bevan French. Who's potentially coming back, right? Um, who knows? There's rooms about everyone. Is Stephen Mascord potentially coming back? Uh, no, he's writing a book about Super League, and I'm I'm, oh, one, of the, I'm, I'm one of the patrons. Because last Pat. time Stephen, last time he was back here, Hello. I saw him. He had a Sunday afternoon on the cans. He was at the servo just after you come out. You on turn the cans. on the yeah, he'd been on drink on the drink all afternoon. He was buying <laughs> hot dogs. He's buying Dagwood dogs at a Caltex. Maybe smell them with mustard. Oh, he did. <laughs> I, when you remark on uh, on the cans, is that an expression you're not super familiar with? Yeah, headphones. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, right. Right. Because uh-huh. in one of my other lives, I'm involved in uh, Pro Wrestling Australia. I drink beer, by the way. The PWA. Uh, the prize ball Sam Osborne, who's from Mossman, Sydney, was going nowhere, is now being managed by a guy called Don Marnell from the MMA, which is the Marnell Management Agency, right? Do you, and, do you, ever, do you ever stop and look at Chris and you go, I, I, I know the first thought, and then it suddenly changes, and it's just, you go, know, what? Yeah. What happened to Sin? And he says... So he's talking about MDMA now. Yeah, no, 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 no. He says MMA where I turn... Can, can, That's Chris Murphy's coming And right. I turn cans <laughs> into cans and then he holds up a beer can. Right, right, gotcha. And my father, when he would go sailing, yeah. they would say... Grew up on the same street as Chris Murphy. We had... We, yes. No, no, we had a number, of, t- we had, we had a number of tins. Oh, tinnies. Tins, yeah. Tins. yeah. Uh, oh. If I had to say, Pat, uh, what is the greatest grand final that you would... Call. Well, game. I mean, mascot said game. Let, oh, let, let's just keep it simple. Okay. Uh, uh, I guess uh, apart from the 2014 one, the South one, 2015 <laughs> one was... 05. Huh? The 2015, the Broncos, and yeah. it felt like that was like played in good spirit. Yeah. Like that sounds like a bit of a wank, but... Except for Ben Hunt. Except for Ben Hunt. <laughs> oh, well, oh, it ben was Hunt great. It was his greatest moment. Oh, I think that was the most enjoyable grand final I've ever witnessed, I think. That, that last... The 2015. Yeah. The, yeah, conclusion, yeah. the conclusion of that, famously described by Ray Rabbits Warren as a horror movie when uh, Thurston hit the upright, yeah. that was an amazing event to be at. Do you know when you watch yeah. the replay, I always watch the, 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 the girl on the sideline who's the, the ball girl or the, you know, the, the kicking tee, she's constantly moving into frame. Right smack bang between the ref and Jonathan <laughs> yeah. Thurston for the whole time. And like she's the, just loving it because there's no rules, you know. The NEP sound guy, the guy, so they have, um, to get the live sound, yeah. they have these great big 416 you know, shotgun microphones. They've got a, they're wired yeah. and they've got a handle. And so the guy's running around pointing at wherever the action is. What's the is. purpose of them? It's to pick up the impact so you can hear the on-field impacts and footsteps and stuff. Oh, wow. So when you hear the oh, big impacts. Out. Yeah, yeah, so there's two, there's one each side and they and they run up and down That's kind of with the touch judges. Yeah. And there's a guy who I know oh, who I thought who they were looking it. for coins anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the, cut, the touch judges are, yeah, because they don't get paid anymore. There's no such thing. <laughs> but he's, he's running along and, and as the, the final try gets scored, the not, what's his name? Carl Felt. Carl Felt. Carl Felt yeah. As he puts it down... <laughs> 
guy forgets he's supposed to be pointing at the mic. He's just jumped. Jumped up. He's pointing at it. But isn't that how we all feel? No pun intended. But, but by way of contrast, there's I can't sort, you have a look behind the dead ball line. There is a woman who just picks up her phone to film it, you know, and just that perfect allegory of she is so right close there. to this incredible moment she and she's going. To film it. It'll be on camera. Crazy. <laughs> uh, but 2016, though, in terms of moments with Cronulla, you know, 50 years of frustration. You are kidding me. I'm and serious. it looks like Melbourne's got a five on two, yeah. right? And they don't get and, and, and Cooper doesn't give it. And Cooper doesn't, yeah. give Cooper doesn't get it. it. I, I Cooper get doesn't get it. And then yeah. Corbett gets waved. And, and that's, to me, it's one of the most memorable things we've ever done on Fire Up was have uh, Dave Faulkner from the Hoodoo Gurus the week after the win. And we played he was, him. He, not, he was not going to cop any of our bullshit at all, was well, he? Well, <laughs> but we played in the audio of Rabbits calling that last 45 seconds. He, he missed it up. And I said, you know, how are you feeling? Were you in the fetal position or whatever? He goes, no, I was angry. I was angry the referee had brought Melbourne back into the game. I was angry that this always happens to the Sharks. And I was angry that we'd lost the grand final as a, as a result of it. And I said... That is your quintessential rugby league fan. You're about you're angry about something that hasn't happened yet, yes. and it <laughs> didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yeah, and he's still angry. And they won their first premiership. Yeah. And, and he's his abiding memory is I'm angry. I'm angry. <laughs> but the greatest grand final. Yeah. Well, a lot of people always go '89, uh, and I, I guess if you were a objective observer, were you there? I was. Uh-huh. I always, I've always gone on record. I felt that. Canberra was stiff to be down by 10 at half time yeah. and probably deserved to win on the day, even though I can point to about six or seven things, one of which happens differently. Is that Chris? Uh, would have been yeah. uh, Balmain victory. Look, my most memorable one was the 65. On the roof? <laughs> uh, on top of the toilet block. Yeah. yeah. No, it was. My dad, my dad, um, only men, no women, hats, suits, a lot of them, or shorts, you know, shorts, dragging kids because I was seven. Seven, eight, seven, uh, through the hill, which is you could not get a crowd more packed, and saying, "Kid, kids coming through, coming through," and he couldn't find a space anywhere we could see. So he went. She found right next to the next stand, which after the hill was connected, and there was a toilet block. So we just had to sit on top of the toilet block. Wow, were, were, that's were great. Seventy-two thousand people there. Se- they lost count at seventy-six or seventy-four. And this 000. is the Sydney Cricket Ground, of yeah. course, which, which holds forty. Yeah, and it was hill. Well, yeah, because yeah. because of the hill, like so, it just packs sardines so in. They actually on the field itself, and they're on all. Yeah, the, all the, yeah. And they were next door as well. And and look, I on remember the roof, going the agricultural whatever it is. Yeah, on the rooftops. Yeah. yeah, I remember going to the Test match in seventy-five, Australia being in the cricket, and the crowd then was fifty-five thousand sitting on the Can stairs of the Sheraton Twenty-five stand. or so. So they 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 had they had stopped some of the crowd practices by that. Um, time, yeah. but you can see the footage. It's yeah. extraordinary. It I think I actually have seen you seen specifically. Me. Yes, I noticed it. I often do stop film when I see it. Yeah. Like, but there's a there's a lot of um. Discussion. That's why I love rugby league. That was the day that Bobby McCarthy was trying to drive to the car park, and uh, basically he had to stop and get a, a police officer to actually assist him <laughs> to actually physically get through the crowd. Otherwise, he'd never have got there. Wow. He'd kind of uh, mistimed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okie dokie. Now, uh, Wikipedia look. says seventy eight thousand. 78,000, 78, there you go. 78,000, there you go. How about that? And, and that's when they lost count. They can just, you imagine having to feed that many people, Stephen? I don't think we got fed. Well, imagine the dunnies. One, one, yeah. one, one of the ways that you might be able to help feed people. people. pissing, just standing there pissing. It would have been Donnie McKinnon style in the I crowd. I remember it feeling like a, a sort of, you know, it was a shock to me as a kid to see such maleness yep. en masse, yes. you know, yes. uh, swearing. And people did have bottles. I remember that, that people would yell when a bottle was flying. You'd have, you'd cover, this is not the grand final, but other games that you'd cover your head. 
Were you yeah. non-aligned until that moment? Is that where you fell in love with St George? Well, I was taken to some games that year and was always looking and seeing uh, just literally a red V on clean white running out. And, of course, my dad didn't tell me that he went for Newtown uh, and also the Western Suburbs because he moved. Um, any which way, he just didn't say, you don't go for them. So we went, I go, they're, they're winning. Some oh, of the players right. in that game, Barry Beath would have played in that game, I'm assuming. Well, Billy Smith is my... Well, Billy yeah. Smith, right. So uh, on Fox League, I saw one of their classics during the week and it was, I think it was the first Test Australia versus Great Britain up in Brisbane. Uh, and Alan Marks from the ABC was calling it. Mm. And you would have seen, you know, a number of the, like Ronnie Coote would have still been a South player at that yes, stage, et cetera, yes, et cetera. Yes. And uh, so I love watching. John. Yeah, I, I, Billy Smith had an absolute blinder, like really great, as opposed to later in his career, and he was just blind. And he could but, still look the part, you know, the, the old sort of rocker look, you know, oh, kind of sway. Fantastic. Yeah. It, it, it struck match between him and Johnny O'Keefe, Johnny really. O'Keefe, I know. Right. But, but <laughs> the highlight, the anthropological highlight for me was. Australia had a good win, like about 32 points to 15, something like that. But like Australia would run in a try and Alan Marksley goes, what a fantastic try. Let's watch the action replay. And the action replay, they would rerun the footage, including the commentary. <laughs> so there was no, they hadn't, hadn't worked so out you, you could actually analyse. So yeah. just, they just take that segment Chunk and it, just rerun it. it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's quite surreal. And Changa, yeah. eight from 10. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Toe poking. Head so down, this is the thing, growing up. up growing up in Canberra, we didn't get like Canberra Stadium mm. wasn't built till like 78, 79. Right. So right. there was no there was, there was Canberra Stadium. Oh sorry. Because GIO, that, that naming right, I don't know when that we came in. We had the Saturday tradition here. We had Marnica Oval, yeah. but it was nowhere near as developed as like it, it only holds fourteen now, I think. But yeah. it, it um it was hills. And so the biggest the biggest sporting Dave. things I see in Canberra will be the Prime Minister's Eleven cricket did in the early eighties. Did you come to the cricket ground for those years? I did. I came to the cricket ground and watched a Monday night footy game between Manly and Souths. Wow! And there would have been maybe three thousand people there. Oh. That's a vast stadium. There's still hill there. There was yeah. no you know, Doug Walters was all hill. There was that, yeah. that whole southeastern corner was all hill. I don't think Barongal was there. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I still miss you. Sitting there, being terrified of the crowd. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> as you're saying, the crowd was very drunk and testosterone. very testosterone. Yeah. And um, is this testosteronic? Is that a word? I think that is a word. I think it is. Yeah. yeah, my, yeah. my first time at the SCG was '73. Uh, third Test Australia v Pakistan to see Dougie Walters bat. I gave him a standing oh. ovation. He got 19. <laughs> but my fondest memory is he go- remembers that well. Yeah, going to the cricket '79, '80, uh, and so I've just finished high school. I am of legal drinking age. And I was there with three mates on the hill, the, the time-honoured tradition. On the cans. Yeah, on, on the cans, tins, <laughs> Tinning. whatever you like. And it, it's hot, yeah. not unlike today when we were recording, and it's roundabout tea time. And, you know, we've been lads. We've done our thing. We've been, you know, drinking some beers. And one of those kids walks past with one of those Coca-Cola uh, trolleys mm. and it's got soft drinks, you know, on ice. Yeah. And uh, so we go, we really go soft drink right now. So, Sugar hit. So we bought... Four Fanders, yeah. and as soon as we bought them from behind us, oh fuck, Mum, I'm drunk. I'm on the Fanders, <laughs> <laughs> and the whole yeah. hill, and we, and, and we just had to cop it. Like we just had to cop it. Yeah, That's, fair tester- cop. Tester- That's testosteronic <laughs> in the extreme. Hey, look, this is getting too feel good. We're going to bring a little bit of hate into this, right? 
Right. Let's talk about rugby league. Let's talk about Cameron Smith, shall we? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so hate. Now, how's that book going? Pretty damn it's well. killing it. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, no, no greater illumination than Peter Fitzsimons as humorously, as always Peter Fitzsimons does, because he makes fun of himself. Oh, oh self-deprecating. That's right. The yeah. king of self-deprecation. Cameron Smith's book, and he's really attributing this to Andrew Webster rather than anything Cam himself has done. 11,500 copies leapt off the shelf, including Redfern Pat, in the first five days it was available. Mostly due to us. Yes, and so put it to number two on the charts, which has put Fitzsimons' tome on Breaker Morant down to Mark, number three. Mark Mordew's uh, Nick K books hit number one. <laughs> Hello? Well, it does beg the question, what is number one? It'll be I some, it is. Is it, is it yeah, really? The teenage years or the young, the early years of Nick K. Oh. I mean, I can't wait. Oh. I can't wait. I can. You know they've released the Alexandra Palace <laughs> thing. she pretends to be the you, devil. You know you get in trouble whenever you slag off Nick K. No, 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 I get in trouble. <laughs> he gets a leaf us. You know they've released the Alexandra Palace solo thing in many formats now. You can oh, get it as a God. DVD, a Blu-ray, a CD. As I, as I had my discussion with James Valentine about disco, I said, we had a great year. I went in with, I mean, they were compatriots, you know, Kylie and and cave you know and, and there's cave in, in, a, in a bear room looking like a mausoleum piano he looks like the undertaker you got to pay a lot of money yeah. he's sitting there <laughs> and there's Kylie doing a disco tune fantastic who's, who's the winner right there you've got you've got Melbourne and Sydney, Sydney yeah exactly that is so different isn't it? just after you were on the radio with Valentine I know we'll come back to Cameron Smith in a moment yeah but uh, I caught a bit of Australian made the tour remember they did the Australian yeah. made tour all around yes, and they were playing, down, yeah. playing, playing down Olympic Park yeah. and a young Valentine there was blowing his sacks with the oh. models, models yep. doing out of sight, out of time. Mind. Out of mind. Uh, mind, sorry. Uh, and and uh, they had the Divinals. Chrissy Amphlett, oh, my gosh, she was fantastic. I just and absolutely scary, wasn't she? Oh, like, seriously, like, yeah. you just go out of my league, out of my league, out of my league. I always paid respect when I saw her. Oh, wow. One of my funniest memories, uh, we were recording, and I was in a band a long time ago, you may remember, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> what was the band called? Flotsam Jetsam, and they're coming back. They're going to go digital soon. They go, they're making the leap to digital. What so you mean no, as in avatars? Streaming. You're, you're like gorillas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> only. How good would that be? Uh, we were recording at EMI, and they had a green room between the two studios, so you could sit on the sofa. And our percussionist, Johnny, um, who was always a coat wearer, uh, once... Coat wearer Johnny? A jacket wearer. Was, he, was that his name? Coat wearer Johnny? Coat wearer Johnny. That, that will do, yeah. <laughs> Johnny the coat. <laughs> Johnny, I have one in every port, you know. Uh, he had dated um, Chrissy Amphlett and he saw her sitting on the lounge because they were recording in the other room and unbeknownst to everybody, he put his bottle of beer in his coat jacket on the side. It was one of those old sort of 1950s ones and he leant down to kiss her and as he was kissing her, <laughs> the beer was just slowly coming out all over her lap and we were all just going... <gasps> Anybody else that might work, this ain't gonna work well. And how did she go? What did she do? She was filthy. She was dark. <laughs> but she let it go. Wow. One of my first, when I first came to Sydney, there was a mate of mine was rehearsing with the band. I won't say the name of the band because of the allegations that will come from it. But I was working in a warehouse and they were rehearsing in, in, um, in Newtown, which was just near the warehouse. So I went over to have a couple of beers. And there's the base rig, and I've gone and sat in the base rig with my dirty, sweaty work pants. And they've gone, no! Because that was where the cocaine was all lined up. Imprinted <laughs> <laughs> on your buttocks. <laughs> so my butt and my... Yeah, I, think that, I think that's a scene from Wolf of Wall Street, isn't that it? That is great, Dennis. <laughs> we'll get the name after, eh? Now, Dennis, this is something you probably... Radiators, you, you, you know I'm aware of this, but St. George won 11 premierships in a row. Yeah. And That'll never happen it, again. Well, it's immortalised in a book called Never Before, Never Again, written by a, a gentleman called Larry Ryder, who we had on uh, Fire Up, and wonderful guest he was. 
And he has a line in writing autobiographies and he wrote Chrissy Amphlett's autobiography. Ah. And he was telling me the, the story. He also told me about writing Margaret Court's autobiography and uh, this is probably, oh she wow. was not as well known for her yeah. strident beliefs. Status. So it was a statement. And yep. so he was uh, encouraged to accept uh, Jesus Christ as his Lord and Saviour before commencing the exercise. He goes, well, Margaret, she goes, no, I need to know. And she goes, well, I probably should ask my wife. She goes, nothing to do with your wife. It's between you, me, and God. Um, <laughs> and, and, yeah, this is the connection with rugby league. It takes a, a certain type of person to, to wrangle Chrissy Amphlett, as you can imagine. Andrew McManus was her manager for many years. Right. Of course, was a man associated with the glory days of well, uh, Melbourne Storm. Well, I was going to say Andrew McManus, he's a sort of, uh, um, he's a sort of uh, uh, cash in the boot of the car type guy, he isn't is, he? Yeah, he's a renaissance man. <laughs> Allegedly. I love Andrew. Yeah, but um, uh, so... Larry, I think it was in New York. I think Chrissy was living in New York. And so he says part of what you do when you write an autobiography is you sit with the subject and you get their version of all these iconic stories. Ah. Then your obligation is to go out and speak and to the other yep. protagonists. And he says the very, very difficult bit in writing Chrissy Amplett's <laughs> autobiography was having to go back Come and back tell, to her. tell her what everybody else yeah. <laughs> said about the story. <laughs> but but th th there was, from the get-go when she appeared on Countdown for the yeah. boys are back in town, well, not boys, uh, uh, yeah. boy, what boys is in it? town? Boys in town, yep. yeah. yeah. All the boys in town. Yeah, yeah. There's just there's something really yeah. different about her. Yeah. And, and on that big stage... T Olympic Park. I mean, let's face it, Cameron Smith. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone has dominated the Olympic Park in the same way as, as Cameron had, apart from Chrissy Smith. As Chrissy Amphlett. So the book, the number one book apparently is Barack Obama, and he is a good storyteller. What's that called? Honk if you're fired up. Yeah. It's just called fire up. Who wants ice cream? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tell Some you what, today uh, there's going to be ice cream after the show. Be ice cream. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. And I want to sit on an amp. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have a look at Dennis's butt. <laughs> well, and then they said, finally. Lay, lay down, Dennis. <laughs> Flip over. You ain't going anywhere. Flip over and stay still. Uh, this is the holiday edition of Goodbye Australia. Hey, this could be the future direction of the show, I think. Just laugh. Yeah, so so yeah. the book, have we got time to talk about it or I not I think really? so. I think now there's been a lot of disputes because when you say something in print, people then, like you just said with Chrissy, they come out and dispute the mm. version. But uh, no one could dispute what Cameron says, well, surely. Apparently, apparently they have. Nonsense. Apparently they have. He speaks the truth. Yes, he is and, the truth. So, well, a lot of the time he's mystified as to why are they, why are people so mean? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> what have these people got? Why do they have an issue with me? Yeah, what is their problem? You know? It's tall poppy syndrome. That's yeah. all it is. All I meant so was good for mankind. That's right. Well, you know what? I'm just a simple boy from Logan who wanted to play footy. That's right. That's right. right. And don't pick on Barb. No. Uh, no, that's off limits. Barb sacrificed a lot to get where they are today. Yes. Um, but apparently there's some confusion as to who said no to Cooper Cronk's wedding invitation and how it was done. Well, Dennis, and we were uh, treated to a magnificent book review by Redfern Pat, uh, which if you haven't... Well, he sacrificed. Anyone who hasn't heard... Go back to the previous episode and learn about it because Pat gave up three hours of his life yes. to read the book. As I say, I'll never get it back. That's right. But he was not able to illuminate us on the why didn't they go to the Cooper Cronk, why aren't they friends story. And then, Dennis, I was speaking to you before and you weren't really aware of this story. I, I knew there was a story. I didn't know exactly. Like, I knew there was a story and there was a wedding and there was a non-attendance. I right. didn't know about the machinations okay, thereof. So it, it, does. it basically break, breaks down is that uh, Cooper said, I need to go to Sydney for love. Uh, to marry Tara Rushton and spend my Everybody life with her up there. Everybody comes to Sydney for love, Chris. That's, Correct. That's pretty much what, that, yep. as he says in Rugby League, the musical. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's what he came for. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And Cameron gave his full and unadorned, uh, sorry, un unrestricted blessing until he learned that he was going to the Sydney Roosters and then he could see, well, it's going to cost me premierships potentially. And it did, two of them. Uh, and so therefore there was this antipathy 
which led to the non-responsiveness in terms of the small intimate affair that was the Cooper Tara wedding, which was a wonderful time. I had a great time. What there. is the process, though? Uh, usually a wedding invitation is printed. It's, it's mailed. Well, now this is or the is problem. Or emailed uh, with one of those fancy apps? You know, as Larry, as Larry David quite rightly riled in his recent series, Curb Your Enthusiasm, what the hell is going on with Save the Date? Yes. Like, you get to save the date. Just give me the date. Give me the invitation. Give me the invitation, yeah. Like what? say the date. Yeah. So now <laughs> you get you, the... You're on the bench. You're in the squad. Yeah. You're in the extended it's too squad. too lazy to come up with the wording. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think it's what, I think that's what it is, because it's generally electronic now, right? Mm. Save the date. They're feeling out the people yeah. who are going to come up with... Because if there's 10 short, sure, there's yep. another 10 we can invite. So... so so the theory is it's like it's like uh, they use algorithms to in the pre-pandemic days about how you – it's why you oversell uh, aeroplanes because there's a natural <laughs> oh, yeah, dropout, yeah, yeah. right? So you sort of – Attrition, natural yeah. attrition. So I think that what you do with the save During the date – pandemic. No, pre-pandemic, right. <laughs> yeah. So with the save the date, you pro- say you can accommodate 160 at your wedding. Yeah. At, you, at, say, 180 ahead or whatever. Right, yeah. So you probably send out about 220 save the dates yeah. because you're going to find out who is and isn't coming – and those people who got the save have, the date. Have you ever been a save the dater and then been knocked off? Well, no, what I'm saying is people will go, hey, I got the save the date. 220. I can't do it. Yeah. Right. But you've actually got the capital of, well, I did invite you technically. Sure. But what if they all said yes? Then you've got an enormous problem. <laughs> right. But this is. Back to the bank manager. But this it? is scientifically <laughs> proven. It's so a, that, so when you work with a wedding planner, yeah, yeah. Uh, they understand this psychology. Yeah. So that now, more often than not, Save the date electronic into the hard copy wedding invitation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there'd been a non-response from the nice Smith paper, camp. Smith camp. Gold-edged. Sealed with a bit of a flower inside, maybe. Save the date. <laughs> and I, then, I won't. It's probably on camera now. I probably shouldn't be showing it. Save the date. Oh, there it is. Yes, Bronco Reg. No, Bronco Reg. Save the date. Uh, so does that mean I'm on the? Did you guys get that? Are you on the extended bench? No, no. no, no. We're all saving the date. You're on the. I'm, you're on the extended. So, but. You you didn't get it. No, I didn't get you're it. You're not in the squad. No, you're not no. in this. You're not even in the extended Rugby bench. A bitter, a bitter oh. family, isn't it? <laughs> wow. So, uh, but then the, the appropriate response is not to send a text. Oh, you Bronco Reg. <laughs> you <don't> no, <laughs> no. You, you, you're given a number of options. A lot of the uh, the modern technology is you actually the website you click etc cetera, yes, no, etc. Cetera. Yeah, you know, yeah, vegan. Yeah. <laughs> you scan the you scan the QR code. Yeah. No swing band, please. Yeah. You know yeah. that sort of thing. Presents under five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. You know. Absurd, you are dreaming, <laughs> unthinkable. Yeah. And uh, there was nothing coming from the Smith camp. And right. so now the story varies as to what came when Coops reached out and said, Cameron, are you coming? You do Coops better than I do. Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> and that, Cameron sounds nice that way, doesn't it? Yes. Either Smith has sent a text, yeah. no, yeah. or Barb, now yeah. according to Danny Widler. Maybe neither did, they forgot. And sent a text saying, not they, coming. Yeah. Not coming. Mm. No or not coming. No or not, no or not coming. Now, you had a variation on this, Just didn't you? It's a it. method you had for a very persistent um, uh, once-upon-a-time girlfriend, right? And oh, she girlfriend's was a, a very tipsy. strong word. <laughs> girlfriend's a very strong word. <laughs> and um, she wouldn't take no for an answer because you had some serious work to do and she had some serious party to do. Is that correct? That, yes, late in the university term at Lismore and she was okay. very keen to go out and she'd so finished exams and I, I hadn't. you set a fine example for all sex, <laughs> um, where you just get the texture and, and with your sobriety at that time, yep. you knew to reverse it. So when she looked in the mirror, she could say no. Yes, I wrote on her forehead. No, with a big black text. Because I was, my, I did have, like I was writing court charts, I had a texture, so I wrote in the texture on her forehead. <laughs> Forgetting it was see, indelible maybe, ink, so soap's not going to get maybe you Maybe Barb mess. went to Tara and she wrote 
on, but it came out as the no. Wrong way. Ooh. And that's the split. And and wouldn't that be so shame? So that's so, so it tragic. Was on. Tragic. That just a simple, simple reversal of image. <laughs> By the way, Dennis, what kind of monster are you? <laughs> Unforgivable. And she it was, was going out with friends, thing. I imagine. Uh, no, it was just, no. Yeah, we, we, we were going to go to the like we, we were going to go to the Toledo to, to the nightclub. Yeah, the steel in, uh, pads in the second drawer. Uh, this is Metho. She required Metho. <laughs> Didn't go out for a week. Uh, well, oh, that's she, terrible. She, I actually found her on Facebook what? some like forty years later. What kind of monster are you? <laughs> I, just said, I, I just said I'm really sorry. It's just like it was forty years ago, champ. Right. <laughs> I, I think we should go to a break, but I think before we do, I just want to point out that if you read Peter Fitzsimons' column this morning, apart from the uh, the uh, self-indulgent about, nonsense about oh. Smith knocking out uh, his book. His book hasn't he got a story about himself in there? Well, look, um, so wouldn't that it, be a surprise? Say one of the great tricks of a good soap opera is to leave the audience hanging and waiting. The headline is "How I Made a Big a Big Impression on Legend." Can't wait. Stick with us and come back and you'll find out what it is. Wow. Yeah. This better be a short break. <laughs> the boys down there and the Tigers will be fine up and ready to go, but. Fired up and ready to go. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty fired up today. I think it must be the... It's funny how Christmas and New Year does that, isn't it? You can smell it, can't you? You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Well, we, oh, I'm honking. What's your decline in Gemini or whatever it is? What's the thing that... Is, December 21st. What is that? Uh, it's uh, the age of Aquarius. Right. Aquarius Simple. rising. Right. Yeah. Aquarius because rising. we've been under the what of the what? Mars in retrograde. Right, a Mars in retrograde. And I believe this. So more <laughs> so than ever, I do actually ascribe a bit of optimism to the festive season and yes. the new year. Yeah. So I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling very, very good. So, Chris, so, uh, if I could just do a little bit of house cleaning. Yes. House cleaning. Hang on. Turn all the right, vacuum on. I'm feeling a bit peckish. <sighs> After all that talk of weddings? Yeah. Why don't they serve pizza at weddings? Wouldn't... Hey? Like... You know, the, 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 <laughs> Dennis has like just had an incredible yeah, relationship. Yeah. Like, because there has been an evolution more recently at weddings. There are like candy stations and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's the sweet side. Yeah. Why aren't they covering the savoury side, boys? Exactly. And and, and in many the of pizza the pizza station, many many suburbs of Sydney. Imagine if you could order the pizza exactly you wanted, exactly the toppings you wanted. No, you can't. Imagine if you could though. Like John Lennon. Imagine, Imagine all the pizzas. <laughs> Any topping, where I want, where I want. <laughs> right, well, you're just talking about Doughboy Pizza then. And this, is, this is our last uh, uh, show with Doughboy Pizza. We've let, they've been our I'd wonderful sponsors been, for I'm three months. Fruitful, I'd say, what, doughful? It's been tasty. Tasty. It's been delicious. <laughs> and it's been important. And speaking of matters of Gemini and Mercury and whatever, I just watched a documentary about the Mercury 7, the, the real right stuff it was called. You know, the. Yes. The first steps to the moonshots, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's not a documentary; it's a recreation. No, it's a documentary. There documentary, is a, yeah. there is a, a dramatic okay. series coming okay. out of the right stuff. So we've got the Tom Wolfe book that was the great movie. Now they've done a, a dramatic uh, miniseries, mm. but this was actually a doco on the Mercury Seven. Can I just say one of my favourite writers, Tom Wolfe? Yeah, mm. and he is oh. actually features in the documentary, sort of narrating some of the stuff. No matter what temperature, he always had his three piece. Suit and hat. Yeah. And handkerchief. Yeah. And, and spats. Yeah, rakish. He was very rakish. rakish. And people go, why was all that money invested? And people say, oh, it was the Cold War, et cetera, et cetera. But no, that money in space research was invested to make our life better. Yeah. And there's no greater example of that yeah. than the direct result of space research that is the Doughboy high-tech induction heating system. Mm-hmm. No way. To bring you the Doughboy yeah. of your dreams, they fitted out their fleet of scooters with a custom-made high-tech induction system. 
They invented the thermal pizza delivery bag using this heat retention technology, or as they say, it's bags made from material designed to prevent heat loss. Right. Oh. All came from NASA. Right. All came from NASA. And, and can I just say, um, the Department of Common Sense, when it comes to you know, health regulations, all of these riders are, are in a safety-insured space, aren't they? That's, None of them are going to get killed. They're not part of that inquiry. No. That's absolutely right. right. The highest standards. They're looked after. Yeah. yeah. So the whole thing is space age, yeah. and that means that you can order the pizza you want when you want, mm. and it will arrive at the temperature. Oh, you want. wow. So yeah. thank you, Doughboy. Pizza.com.au or doughboy.com.au. The, the delivery guys, girls, charming, polite. Uh, they'll do contact less or contact, whatever you want. Whatever you Can you put that on your list? And if you want to, if you want to really brighten up your evening yeah. or whenever you're listening to this podcast, if you go onto doughboy.com.au and you design your spelt base or your gluten-free base, you might, you're half and half, you're vegan, they've already got a number of suggestions that you might want. And you say, I want it at... Vegetable eight. protein? Yes, that's right. I want to watch it at 10 o'clock tonight as they do the replay of the greatest rugby league game ever, i.e. the Super League Grand Final 2020. St. Helens. And you entered a promo code when you're putting in the order. We've got to be very clear about this, Dennis. It's not honk. It's not no, ice no, no. cream. There's none of that. None Ste- of that stuff. Uh, it is very simple. It's six letters? It is. Is it F-I-R-E? That's right. U-P. U-P. Fire up. Don't even need an exclamation mark. Fire up. No. And... Not only do you feel good by typing in fire up, you yeah. save twenty percent on your order. Twenty percent, doughboy.com.au. Thank yeah. you, doughboy pizza. <laughs> it could be that even Barack Obama will be the guy who's delivering your pizza. It could well be. It's in the realms of possibility. He's that sort of guy. <laughs> well, he's got time on his hands now. Let's talk about something bigger and better than that, shall we? Fighting. No, Peter Fitzsimons. Oh, Peter Fitzsimons. <laughs> How I Made a Big Impression on Legend. Oh, who was the legend? Was Peter it Fitzsimons. about himself? About himself. And you know what? He even knows it's about himself. He knows that people go, you're an idiot. You're a self-indulgent you're wanker. You're another that... story about yourself. <laughs> he actually goes, like, can we bring it back to uppercase me for a moment? Huh? Huh? Like, we're supposed to get a giggle out of that. So he's a chucklehead, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, so what's he saying is that when someone of note Passes on, and you had a fleeting uh, moment with noticed. them. Yeah, you, you. That's then, how you tell yeah. how you remember that person. But there's also there's also. So it's a bit a, like me a, saying I was there. I think it's a competition yeah, yes, of it it's, it's a grief competition. No, 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 no. This death is important to me because of this. Right. So it's more important to me than you. That puts me at an that elevates my status against so, you. So, so Fitzsimons opens up his Maradona. He, yeah. he opens up his piece of, uh, about Maradona, saying, "Don't you hate it when people do that?" And then, of course, he's so meta. He goes on, and what does he do? He does he that. He does it. Wow. Yeah. Now, look, I don't want to knock big men, Chris. Sure. I'm a little guy. You're a big guy. Relatively speaking. We, 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 we make a fair bit of mirth out of that sometimes. It's, there's, yeah. there's a couple of visual jokes. We've done the Proven yeah. Southern's Trophy a yeah. couple of times. The, the big guys slow down. The little guys run right. You know, the little <laughs> guys get smashed by the big guys. It's, you know. Yeah, yeah. He goes here. He goes, uh, hey, uh, so you're going to win on Sunday. This is, quote, Peter Fitzsimons. It's really quite interesting stuff. He goes, uh, <laughs> gee, you're a very big man. What are they feeding you to be so big? This is, by the way, he's interviewing Maradona as Maradona's five five. walking in the car park trying to get on the bus, yes, get away yes. from him. Yeah, It's annoying big bastards because, you know, Maradona's quick. We yes. know that. And he's good with his feet. But he, Fitzsimons is a big man. Yeah, and Maradona so, was diminutive. And he, he thought a little bit of fear. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, he goes, because uh, I want to grow too. Look, I think it'll be a good game. We're going to make it a very, very good game. It's all that worries me. Are uh, you enjoying your time in Australia? Yes, I like it very much. Would you like to come back? Very much. It, it just goes on and on. That was the thing. The entire point of the anecdote, he said, don't you hate people telling anecdotes about <laughs> famous people Bless to me. make them look better, but I'm going to do one. And the entire point of the anecdote was Maradona said to Peter Fitzsimons, 
You're a big unit. Yeah, you're a big unit. <laughs> I've got to go. Uh, look, Chris, and I was very disappointed. And he has gone. I was very, very disappointed in the article because it took three stories down to find him kicking rugby league. <laughs> That's a long way down. It's a long way down, yeah. He goes, Premier, it's time to kick PVL's demands into touch. Now, we all know that he, he kicked Fitzsimons into touch. <laughs> Over the over the break, didn't he? Very, you know? very, very much so. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very so, deep. so let me guess. Uh, let's see. It's uh, stadiums. Uh, is it stadiums or is it concussion? Or rugby league, or all, all of the above. Yeah, stadiums, yeah. isn't yeah. it? And apparently he's having to go at rugby league players with tattoos now. Yeah, he did. I he mean, had a really, That's great yeah. stuff. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he's broadening because there's only rugby league players that have yeah. tattoos. No if, one else if, has if tattoos. I, if I'm the sports editor of the Sydney Morning Herald, I'd be saying to Peter Fitz, "Listen, mate, we're pro- we're writing you to have opinions, not just two opinions, yeah. which are concussion <laughs> and stadiums." And can I say he's a shortcut sort of guy? <laughs> yeah. Well, they did say uh, the great political journalist Alan Ramsey died this week, and they did say he did suffer from writer's block, so he had the nickname Edward Scissorhands because if he was struggling to get his word limit up, he'd just take bits out of Hansard and just, just whack it in. Whack it in. <laughs> Fitzsimons just pulls out. I mean, can you imagine the two manila folders marked concussion and stadiums <laughs> in, in his hanging files, and he pulls them yeah. out. And and she, are you unplugging us, Pat? Yeah. You're not unplugging us, are you? No. no okay. and, and, of course, and it connects to the fact that the mainstream press runs the article during the week that Overlord Verlanders, yet again, has gone, if you don't give me my four million bank west, what are we going to do? We're going to take the grand... It doesn't even say where to. It and just goes, we're going to take the grand think, final. Don't, don't think you won't, because the AFL have done it. The AFL took the grand final from Melbourne. Yeah, so, you the, know, the, ooh, the thing I really struggle about this is that Verlanders keeps referring to bank west as a community asset, right? Now, as far as, far as I can tell... Uh, Elton John played there. Yep. Uh, Cold Chisel. Cold Chisel. That's it. Mm. Right. And there is an outdoor basketball court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make it a community well, asset? Yeah, if you want to have your barbecue on a Sunday right in the middle of Bagwest, I don't think you no, can. No, they won't let you. I can tell you. No, there's a lot of security. <laughs> <laughs> just, the, just scanning QR, yeah, QR codes yeah, and the no, you... asset by foot. <laughs> no, it's, I think the, the Paramatians, can I say that? Are very yep. proud of Bankwest, and it's given them a big lift the last uh, year. Well, well, and, and it has all. It is also like a West Tigers uh, home ground as well. You should oh, be able that, to take your right? your yeah. goods, your chattels, <laughs> and just the spontaneous market and the environs of Bankwest Stadium yeah. should be able to be had. But yeah. they won't let that yeah. within Cooey. And, and let's face it, Parramatta is no Parramatta, right? It's one of the great multi-ethnic, ethnical, <laughs> multi-ethnical. Love it. Yeah, that'll do me. Uh, places in in the country. <laughs> And so, right, so you could say, okay, well, the Lebanese can take over that section over there and, and you know, do their, their food, and the Vietnamese can be over there. And, but that's not happening. I tell you, the doors. I tell no. you what, have you been to Parramatta lately? They're putting in the light metro. Yes. All right, you cannot drive in the CBD. It is an absolute nightmare. I always found that driving the CBD there, you just, the car park's just there, but there's no right turn. So you go around it's like, you, it's like yeah, you're going it's, around the arrondissements of Paris really and you're driving, is. you can't turn right. So you keep going, you can't turn right, and you keep going. There's a big there's a crop of on every corner. Church, oh, yeah. Church Street is divided by a railway or something. It's no. very complicated. Uh, Dennis, um, where's your yeah. favourite Lebanese joint? Favourite Lebanese yeah, joint? Food. Gee. Oh. Mm. Well, no, that, hang, that's Turkish. No, that's Turkish. I, I probably, that's, that's I, I'd simply go the Prophet because isn't that the yeah. one where all the rugby it's league luminaries get together? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably what I was going to yeah. go. Yeah. Fatimus. I like Fatimus. Yeah. Fatimus. Mm. Where are we going mm. for the end of season, by the way? I, I was thinking Grappa, but might be a bit too upmarket. Yeah. yeah. Fatimus. Beautiful. Is that is that league enough? Where is Fatimus? Oh, they got pictures of Blake Ferguson and Anthony Mundine as soon as you walk in. Sold. Yeah. Wayne Bennett's kebab shop on Crown Street. Kebab shop on Crown Street. Are there tables there? Uh. <laughs> uh, let's, you know, let's. We'll, we haven't. Gee, we'd be nice, haven't we? Feel good, feel good, bloody Saturday. We've had a lot of fun. hasn't hasn't felt on topic at all, but you know. Uh, now, it's now. great to see that uh, the hangover 
was not quite enough to fill up the coffers for Mike Tyson. He needs to get a few more dollars. He's fighting Roy Jones Jr. tomorrow. Exhibition match, Chris. I, w- I don't know what he's going to exhibit, but I wouldn't want to be in the ring with him. It's the over 50s rules, which sadly all of us, with the exception of Rev and Pat, qualify for. So it's eight <laughs> two-minute rounds. Oh, noodles. Yes, they'll uh, stop it in the event of any cut. And there had been a lot of concern historically that uh, no knockouts were allowed. Seems odd. How do you do that? I don't know. But the good news that's come down the wire is knockouts are knockouts allowed. Knockouts are allowed, yeah. yeah. So you're not allowed to punch hard, you know the words. Yeah. Pull back. Pull your punches. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm, it's, I'm it's sure a, the boxers are like, yes, yeah, it's, it's almost like a, a career. Like, if my boss tells me to pull the punches, sorry. I'm pulling punches. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. That's how I make my money. Well, that's called wrestling, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Professional wrestling. Professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, so there'd be a, a simulacrum yeah. of uh, the fight. A what? A simulacrum. Isn't that the way you say it? That'll do me. Yeah. I've never heard the word. It's a yeah. great word. What's it mean? Yeah, so it's like a, a, um, a, a facsimile or yeah, a replica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Simulacrum. It's not quite as classy as a uh, an avatar, you know, no. 3D, like a you know, like, two-pack. Like the, uh, Jackson like the Flotsam Jetson avatar group that's going simulacrum. to go out. Yeah, yeah, they're going to beat those Korean pop stars like nobody's business. I mean, I'm, so, I'm wow. I, you know, I, I'm not so excited about <laughs> seeing... Pop. Not so excited. <laughs> ...about two-pack or Frank Zappa as a hologram, but I really would like to see one of those virtual pop stars. That'd be a good gig, I think. Yeah. And if they were backed by Flotsam Jetson, even better. Backed. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I uh, hear Cosmos Midnight. Yes. Have uh, co-written a song with, uh, is it BTS? BNT? BT, BNT? BTN. B- Behind the News. A great ABC show. Come on now, what is it? BTS. BTS, BTS yeah. the biggest pop star, pop band in the world, and they've written one of the songs on the album. That'll put them way up there. I, 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 great news and culture. saying acronyms, I'd have no idea what any of them <laughs> I am a big K-pop slash J-pop fan, i got to tell you. Yeah. I could go on for a while about Did it. Did you grow up in Korea? It's good that you still no. see Cosmos Midnight like barefooted at Petersham Station. Absolutely. They're <laughs> scruffy kids, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <Inner> West rules. <laughs> <laughs> Completely lost. Completely lost. I'm a big car guy. It's that sort of game, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about boxing in rugby league because that's more exciting. Now, apparently Sonny Bill's running for the hills. Yeah, Sonny Bill. Uh, he said no? He's... In some ways, he said in, no. In what way did he say he, he no? He got a text her. He got a text her. <laughs> 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 oh, N. <N-N. laughs> Poor old girl, yeah. So uh, one of my work colleagues was uh, in a medical facility yesterday and ran into Sonny Bill, so he's just had the neck surgery. So he? Yeah, so uh, that was really hampering his performance. Is, is, two- like, is that like the Brazilian butt lift? <laughs> <laughs> he gets a bigger neck or No, what? you know, like he, he took seriously the feedback from the 200 million eyeballs that watched him run on against yes, your boys, Dennis. You yeah. so it wasn't good enough and no. so so he's, he's getting the neck upgraded. Yeah, yeah he was but, soft, wasn't he? But basically the, the, the Galvese SBW is never going to happen. Yeah. So we, as part of the Tim Zoo undercard next month, we're going to have to just uh, satisfy ourselves with Paul Gallen against ex-UFC fighter Mark Hunt. Mark, Mark Hunt? Hunt. So it's sort of, that's sort of more efficient than Carmichael Hunt. Isn't you, it? Need, you definitely need a gap Carmichael's in between those two names. Powerful letters, yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah. You need to aspirate yeah. that H. Just, just before Mark you, just because Hunt. you bashed a rugby league player isn't they probably used still that word enough. in the crown. Yes. 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 I was surprised at that. Well, it was it was uh, the sister? Yeah, it was Margaret. No, yeah, it was Margaret. Uh, Princess Anne. Anne. When, yeah, when he yeah, said yeah. you're just one of the fringe royals or the peripheral was on his wedding day, he said that, that was a bit Mark Hunty. So, so Gal, um, who's going? He's fighting who? Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt. Who likes Tim Zoo? You like Tim Zoo? I like Tim Zoo. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I've, I've, no, got, no, I've got nothing against the guy. He's done nothing to me. I think Tim Zoo's <laughs> a good ice cream. He's a, can I, can I, I say like it? him? I think Tim Zoo's been good for the game. 
Good for the game. <laughs> yeah. But uh, in the lead up, because they're always looking for an angle, Mark Hunt yeah. has said, you know what? I'm looking to get it on with Gal. And he says, if I die in the ring, I'm happy with that. That's a big statement, Chris. Because he says, wow. basically, you haven't lived till you boxed, no. which means I haven't lived. And, and if the price that you pay is the risk live, that you might die, ring, is to die at the hand of Paul Gallon, it's totally worth it. Who's the, who the Green, Green Bay Packers coach from the 60s and 70s? Uh, Vince Lombardi. Vince, that's, that's straight out of Lombardi. It's, there's, there's, nothing a, wrong, there's nothing wrong with losing yeah. as long as your last thought as you die on the field is, I gave it my all. I gave it my all. And that's I pretty lost much my life. Like, yeah, yeah. But will anybody know you gave it your all? Only well, you, you die on the field. Yeah, but if, well, what only if you have no afterlife, if you I, don't come back as a, as a sheep or something. Only the people who pay for pay-per-view and main event will know. <laughs> and, so, and so what was that? Because we I mean, tell you, if you died at the head of Paul Gallon, it's, what it, this is the anti-siphoning laws. They really should be doing something about this because that deserves a broader audience yeah. than just pay-per-view. That's a, that's <laughs> a big game, bucks a big fight. Yeah, yeah, Paul yeah. I mean, if Cal's <laughs> killing someone, <laughs> that's prime time, yeah, yeah, yeah. free to wear. What do they do with the carcass, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> They're framed. They're framed. Put in the Timmy Bridge. Mummified or whatever. Timmy Cotter Bridge. Taxi Derby, right? This is who killed I died giving my all. They put him on a barge under the Harbour Bridge with a big name, Mark Hunt. Like Michael Jackson did. parents asked him, exactly. The kids turn around. Remember they're going to... Kids, give your life. Was it Ian McRae from 2SM was going to say the Jumbo's going to fly under the... The bridge. and it was an elephant on a barge. <laughs> but but Gal, who's the voice of reason in all these matters, and he's also smart. Yes, yeah. You know what Gal says. Another player. Is, is, what, is he is he well educated? I believe he's got about like six degrees, hasn't he? He's got common sense. <laughs> he, no. Yes. Yeah. No one has that. But you know what Gal said in response to Mark Hunt saying, and "This has got to go down. This is a t-shirt, right?" <laughs> Gal, Gal says in response to Mark Hunt saying, "I'm prepared to die at the hand of Paul Gallon." Gallon just goes, "That's dead set stupid." Yeah, dead set stupid. I like that. <laughs> Look, why don't, why don't people more people use the word dead shit? Dead shit was it's a big a word back word. in the day, and you know. Dead set's a solid word as well. Dead set's dead a good shit. word, isn't it? You're dead, a dead shit. shit. You imagine trying to explain that to. Somebody from another country. Because there was that beautiful moment where, where um, Michael Ennis had a little go at Ricky Stewart over the TV. Oh, and, and, and it, you know, about Ricky had a little bit of fur coming out. So you got your winter coat. And Ricky Stewart's <laughs> answer, wasn't it? It was just like, you're a dickhead, Mick. Like, what? <laughs> That's, that's just a dickhead and dead shit. Like, they're just, yeah, they, they, they go together. They, they do, go they? together. And that's so Ricky Stewart, isn't he? It's no funny bone at all. Here's my comeback. You're uh, a dickhead, you're Mick. A dickhead, yeah. <laughs> you're just a waste of space, you know? Dead set stupid. Yeah. And Spud Carroll, talking of fighters. Yeah, well, we're Enforced. trying to establish whether Spuds are still open with two Ds. I'm worried about Spuds, Jim. Because I... And he's still, certainly, he's still kicking I on. certainly saw a media report this week because, you know... If, if the Gold Coast is a mecca for certain activities, Bryce Cartwright's got out of there in, you know, in, in enough time, time. Yeah. with Keegan Hipgrave, going to the Parramatta Eels. Say that again. Keegan Hipgrave. That's his real name? That's his real name. <laughs> He's a and 19th century British soldier. I like it. I think and, Hipgrave, he has, and he has a moustache to match. Redford Pat will... Your service. Uh, Hipgrave. Yeah. Major Lieutenant Commander Hipgrave. Hipgrave. Redford Pat will correct me if this I'm wrong, but I think Hipgrave is in that rarefied era of having been Simbin twice in a game, correct? Yes. On Daboo. Yeah. On Daboo. I think it was on Debu. Wow. Oh, was first year. I so, so Bryce, who's needing to refine himself, and he's, he's... Oh, he's not trying to be a boxer. No, no. Yeah. He's, he's labouring under a few uh, handicaps. A, he's played for the Titans. B, he's got an anti-vaxxer for a wife, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> he has been hit hard, hasn't it's, he? Yeah. It's tough to focus. Um, it's not like, quite as hard as the paleo chef. No, he's no. He's really covering a big no, time. No, no. Pete's the, gone off the All the sponsors <laughs> running for the hills. Yeah. yeah. But uh, So it's hard to focus Why on the next carry. Why were they there in the first place? 
Because he was on telly. Yeah. Simple as that, I think. But Sparta said, having worked with the kid, he yeah. goes, he predicts a big season. He's got a body like granite. Paleo Pete. Yeah, no, no, Bryce. <laughs> and thanks to Fire fan Nick Tuvey for pointing this out. Spud Carroll has looked at Bryce Cartwright and he's reported to the media, the kid is training down the house. Uh, oh. How do you do that, Dennis? Train the house down. Um, it's like the little pigs maybe that's down. maybe that's the problem with Spud's gym. Is it's it's been trained down. He's yeah, had to close hard. it. So I think he's. I think he's. I think it's just the premises that's gone. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna have to get it, him to Spud. Is this a bit of a reach? But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the Spike Lee filmed American Utopia yeah. of David Burns live so solo show. Now, and he does some retro stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it includes his version of training down the house. Yeah, training down the house. <laughs> uh, I believe Bryce Cartwright does. So you're saying that Bryce Cartwright has got a big shoulder suit yeah. and he's coming out and he's yeah. doing Dennis. That. Dennis, I don't want to give you. <laughs> Ideas because you're a very creative person. You don't yeah, need yeah, people yeah, like yeah, me saying, yeah, yeah. "Here's an idea for a song." Yeah, maybe like the musical. But come on, training down the house. That one's... And if I could say to you, just get a print of granite too. Oh yeah, just granite training down the house. That's going to happen for sure. That's a, that's a ripper. <laughs> Spud Carroll. Uh, uh. <laughs> I can't wait for that. That should be the hit parade. I'm looking forward to making. Talking it. of the hit parade, uh, if I may have uh, Redfin Pat on the microphone for a second. Redfin Pat, what's your go-to all-time classic song for the dance floor around Christmas time? Um, oh, actually, I've got a story about this. So don't take a second. No, take a second. Is that um, I had a gig once. It was at King's Cross Hotel on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And you guys have done enough Christmas parties to know that yeah. you have all I want for Christmas is you and Wham. You play him like once every half hour, forty five. You just play. You play your normal. Go through he your normal is set. a DJ's DJ. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and there Quite was one where it was just backpackers like. 18-year-old backpackers who were away from home for the first time. Yeah. So they only wanted Christmas songs. Yeah. And I only knew like four, maybe. <laughs> That's and not then, a DJ speaking. So then I had to download just on iTunes like every single Christmas compilation. I had to there. Well, because it's 18-year-old. It's so yeah. they want... What's your favourite Christmas song then, Pat? Uh, Christmas Will Break Out by LCD Sound System. <laughs> I got two. Santa Baby? No, for a long, long time it would be uh, uh, War Is Over. Oh, God, you know, plastic so, owner brand. So serious and popular. And, and of course, Greg Lake in <laughs> solo form, I believe in Father Christmas. Did Eno do a Christmas song? Sorry? Eno ever do a Christmas song? No. Of course, Slade. He should, though. Slade is well known. Yeah. Oh, there's the, the Dave Bowie one, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, little that, drama is, that, boy. Is, that yeah. is magic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm not a DJ. I've never DJed in my life, but if it was a Christmas party, it'd be straight to Fairytale in New York. Oh, yeah. Ah, which, yeah. bang. Which is a big debate again in cancel culture. Is it? Yeah, because some of the use of the lyrics is use of certain words and various versions of the BBC have done redub versions of Kirsty McColl and they've taken lines out and it's mm. just all over the shop. Cancel culture, that's a hot topic, isn't it? Well, Steve, what's yours? You're the big... I look, I would, I would say... You're the five-figure DJ it's, here. It's the, it's the art of attrition. Over the years, you notice which songs are still yeah. standing. Yes. Now, I'm not talking about Elton John here, right? Mm-hmm. What's still standing? Now, of course, Michael Jackson got himself into a spot of bother. And he was always top of the charts, you know. Well, he's dead. But I would say September. Oh, Go to any what, about for, what about for, for Christmas songs? Not for Christmas, no, no. Yeah, Earth, but Wind, yeah, anytime, anywhere. Yeah. So what that's about your... December Buddy, for Christmas? Yeah. Have you heard that one? They've done another version, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what is your go-to DJ song? Uh, my most played is September. There you go. Yeah, I did get asked in a in a reality TV interview, their last question was like, I navigated the Sharky Waters for half an hour. And then just on the way out, they're like, what's your go-to DJ song? I was like, oh, uh, man, like, don't ask me you that. You didn't say LCD? No, I didn't say that. I said uh, Murder on the Dance Floor. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Panicked. Uh, <laughs> Panicked. <laughs> hey, I'm just having... a joke, right? I'm, I'm having... Uh, was so- Sophie? What's, what's Sophie Ellis back. Sophie Ellis. I've seen her live. 
course. Yeah. Did she uh, grow up when you were straight? Uh, no. <laughs> but I love her collaboration. But her producer with, did. I love her collaboration with the Freemasons, which is another story. Who did but, grow up when you were straight? But <laughs> Sophie Ellis Baxter, who came to prominence because she was on. I don't know. Sophie Ellis Baxter. Bridget. On that song. She sang oh, on the Groove oh, yeah, Jet record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and that absolutely made her career. Yeah. That was huge. That, that Groove Jet, that I read it was it was the record that was paid to demonstrate Ableton or something like that. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by Spiller, yeah. from memory. But now, to me, the, the, the go to song yeah. is uh, particularly if you want to get the party going, and you know the old cliche is that, you know, I don't want to be gender specific, but men are a little bit more reluctant to get on the floor yeah. than the women are. Joy Division, uh, right? Freedom 90 by George Michael. Freedom. Do you find it's a bit too long, though? Because yeah. it's, it's like no. a six-minute six build-up. Build no, mate, they love it. And there's only there's <laughs> one tiny little bit that's like you can sort of come into four and a half minutes in. If you're going to have a DJ battle with uh, future classic artist uh, Hayden James. Yes. <laughs> Is he an ARIA award winner? He's zero and three. Zero from three. He's, well, he's gonna, he's We're going to rectify that next yeah, year. Right? One more yeah. nomination yeah. and he's Dragons in the 90s. That's right. <laughs> so <laughs> if you had a DJ battle, song for song, yeah. what would his song do be to trump your Freedom 90? Uh, How low will he go? Uh, he, 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 would, he would probably go to um, Ice Cream by Muscles, I think. Tough jump. <laughs> That's not going to get everyone a movie, though. I love Muscles. You know? That's so FBI. Muscles supported Daft Punk. Seemed a little bit out of his depth, I thought. Yeah. Uh, Did the presets... Support them as well? Copy. well, yeah, but muscles early cut, on, cut, yeah, cut copy, it was cut, cut copy, yeah. But um, this became uh, the very first DJ set that now international dance music star Alice in Wonderland ever played was on my equipment at a New Year's party Eve party in the east of Sydney, right? And so she comes over to collect the equipment with her manager Garth, and she goes, "Any advice about what are what are songs that won't fail?" All right, oh. and I said, "Look, hard to go wrong if you play Blue Monday. People seem to love Blue Monday by New Order." I prefer and, Bizarre Love Triangle. Right, yeah, but you know what I mean, mm. right? You know, I mean, I mean, how does it feel? And <laughs> and like I said another sure for fire dance floor winner. Yeah. Let's dance by David Bowie. A, it's asking you to do something they want to do, and people seem to love Let's Dance. Did you see the crown? No, they use that in the crown in a big scene. Right. Mm. Okay. <laughs> she comes back, returns the gear now. In fairness, she's gone on to international stardom. She's played in front of 100,000 people. Electric, With your gear. She's electric, taking your yeah, gear around the world. Electric Days she's of Carnival. USB. Electric Days of Carnival. Well, she's got a Barry Humphreys book of mine, but that's another story. Oh. Uh, she's played in front of 100,000 people at Electric Days of Carnival at Las Vegas or whatever. But she comes back having done her first ever DJ gig, and she goes, I played Let's Dance, and they booed. And I go, you are lying. Yeah. There is no way... Yeah. That any dance floor she was around trying to get the world. She's trying to get a refund. Yeah, Do I, you guys know I, that I've got a misspelt Let's Dance tattoo? Have I told you guys about that? <laughs> oh, yes. Like on? No, <laughs> I got the A and the D the wrong way around. Oh, how did you do that? Were you drunk? Well, there's an app. There's an iPhone app where you can send David Bowie stickers. And I sent a David Bowie sticker to the tattoo guy. And he was like, do you want to check that? And I'm like, no, no, whatever. It's an official iOS. It makes it unique though, doesn't it? Yeah. And, then and when app- you die, they're going to cut out that patch. Yeah, you weren't referenced in the Fitzsimons article because he was making fun of people who had like, you know, always part of the resistance, A-N-C-E, <laughs> tattooed across their chest. You know? oh, right. <laughs> we might, we might email him in. I'd love yeah. to get him on the show. Come on, Peter. Now, Again. one last thing, if I, if I may. Please, uh, please. I, it sort of crosses close to your work zone, but um, famous quote of the week, I found my hands. Oh, uh, magnificent. No. And, where, and where, did. Did he, where had he lost them? That's the question. That where is, had they been? I know, but somehow in quarantine, there was, I think, a, there was a rainbow, and I thought a unicorn was flying somewhere, and there was the clouds parted, and there was a bolt of light, and then lightning, 
and God spoke and said, there are your hands, they're on Steve your Smith. The, they're on the end they're of your arms. You're a bloody idiot. <laughs> Apparently just, just is, have... he, is he any relation? He can't be. To God. No, to, <laughs> well, to the other one, Smith. Cameron. Smith. Smith. Well, yeah. if Cameron Smith is a fallen angel, maybe yes. Steve Smith is yes. still He's in heaven. He's the risen angel. Yeah. And I tell you what, for the first 20 deliveries yesterday, he didn't look like he had found his hands. But then he, he is extraordinary. He, weird, I think it was, he it was his, you know, his hands were in the third pair of gloves they bought out for him after 20 yes. balls. You know, you can be a cricketer. He has a range of shots like I'm, I'm good on the straight drive. I put the, 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 the hook shot back in the kit bag, dot, dot, dot. But Steve Smith seems to go out. Work out where the fielders are and go, well, I can hit a boundary there and then manufactures a shot to be able to do but it. before he does that, he changes his mind two times. He yeah. does this and this and this. It's, this. It, yeah. Yeah. It's but also, he does the whole, like, everyone loves it when um, Nick, 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 Cotridge. Curios, Curios <laughs> does the old, <laughs> that yeah. gets the tennis racket <laughs> between yeah. the legs. He'll do that. He'll do shots where he will intentionally yeah. cut it back between his legs. Yeah. There's no fielder over there. It's the only way I can get the ball here. If I... Like start leaning around. I'm going to dummy. They're going to. So it's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to step forward and then. Oh, are you going to expect to be that footwork with uh, Mike Tyson tomorrow? Am I what? Expect some footwork like that with Mike Tyson. Between his legs, a bit of dancing. Yeah. No, well, exhibition style. He'll probably have to because he's not allowed to punch. Apparently, exactly. There's no knockouts. <laughs> An exhibition. He's not allowed to go the James Graham on on the ear no, anymore. No, no. We've only got two episodes to go this year. Okay, but I'm well, going to check out Dennis's butt here. before then. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> we might we might do this as a two parter. <laughs> yeah. And I think we'll call it. The end now. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>